You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's edition of the Shutdown Fullcast. The internet's only college football podcast, besides like nine others at least. But it's the only one that has uh, my co-hosts, Jason Kirk. Well, hello, Jason. Hey, what's happening? From time to time tonight, you may hear yelling in the background. Those are Jason's neighbors who are, um, what are they, Jason? They are Florida Gator fans. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) Some sort of a dispute is at hand. Um, I'm unable to peer over there and see what is at, at stake, but there's been some yelling, and it just now stopped. They might have just tuned in. Probably women's college World Series. Undoubt, oh, undoubt, yeah, that's big. Probably venting that that anti Michigan furor at mm-hmm. each other. <laughs> it's going to turn into weird love making later. Mich- is Michigan in the softball thing? Yeah, they are. Oh. I believe it's Florida v wow. Michigan. Correct. That is correct. I didn't, I didn't that even is correct. know Michigan got baseball. I, I thought they had to dig trenches in the snow just to get a decent base running path. I bet they're tough. I bet that cold makes them tough and virtuous and smarter. And the science behind that is file not found. Also joining me, that'd be Ryan Nanny. Hello. Hello. What's up? How are how are y'all doing? Uh, real good. I understand you were in God's country last week. I was. It was in West West by God. And had you, a great time. You did um, get to sample tutors, did you not? It was glorious. It was yeah. it was just as glorious as I was led to believe it would be. Tudor's Biscuit World, yeah. which if you saw was named the number one restaurant in the world. Yeah, and 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 that was official. Definitely not a Photoshop. I just posted on Twitter. Totally <laughs> an official verdict. Beat like the Joel Robichons, the the Nomas of the world. And rightfully so, because really, why do you want to go to Denmark for anything, especially food, when you can go to Charleston, West Virginia? What kind of delicious biscuit, gigantic pillow-sized biscuit, did you get when you were at Tudor's Biscuit do you, World? Do you want me to go with the um, the 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 name of the item? Because I'm going to have to look that up. No, I don't no, mind looking it up. No, the no, names you, are good, though. No, the, name, the names are might good. Might be worth looking up. Yeah, you should tell because if you don't know, okay, Tudor, I got it. Tudor's Biscuit World is a West Virginia uh, tradition institution, um, you know, cultural milestone and touchstone. It, it's really majestic. You go there and everything's pretty much on a gigantic manhole cover size biscuit. 
that was the thing I was not prepared for was the size of the biscuit because biscuit sandwiches, uh, you know, I, I'm prepared for them to be. I'm prepared to look at a biscuit sandwich and think maybe I'll have two. But you you get a Tudor's on a plate and you say, no, I can uh, two is two is something I would twa- try at twenty three and deeply regret. You think Andy Staples could take down like Andy Sta- Andy Staples is literally two people. He is master and blaster. Just they sort of sunk down into one another. I wonder what his record is at Tudor's. I'm convinced Andy Staples has a quato. He has a being in his torso that additionally eats. He's got a right. sarlacc pit for a t- stomach. Exactly. Just opens up. Yeah. Starts shoveling in food. Uh, but I had the Duke. And the Duke has bacon, egg, cheese, and potato. The now, uh, now, <clears throat> the hash brown on it. Yes. It says potato. It is. That, please yeah, please that's don't a, forget the entire potato. That is a hash brown roughly the size of a hockey puck. Yeah, and it so was it was freaking delicious. Almost everything on the Tudor's biscuit menu will bleed grease through the wrapper before it it gets out of the person's hand who is serving you. In addition to that, I think seventy five percent of the menu is the biscuit with, as they list, potato. Yeah, uh, an actual hash brown, like a thick hash brown. This is not your McDonald's, you know, little crust with a thin mezzo layer of molten potato in there no it's like an actual gargantuan brick of hash browns and that's just sort of a start for what you get yeah it was i mean it was very serious now this was the morning after a wedding i had attended so it was kind of the exact thing that you wanted um the day after i can't imagine Getting up on, let's say, a Wednesday that you have normal Wednesday things to do mm-hmm. and having a Tudor's biscuit. Unless, again, you're Andy Staples. Oh, my God. You'd be so productive. And and you have a small waste management factory living inside you. You'd have so much energy. <laughs> <You're> t- yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is how so it much works. power. The more calories are in something, the more power one can generate from that meal. That's that 1950s logic. That's that, like, smoking's good for you. Um, Butter is the mo- main thing you should eat. Have seven eggs for a for a, <laughs> for a hearty start to your morning. A your meal. breakfast your breakfast should include one egg for every year old you are. A meal of intense energy. <laughs> energy, Cal- energy. Calories are energy. How can energy be Proportions. bad? It's what happens when you raise a generation of nutritionists who went through the depression. They see calories and just there's nothing more glorious than a 3,000 calorie breakfast to start the day. Timmy's getting straight A's this semester for sure. I think there was also an element of the deep, deep fear of nuclear winter. And so the thought was, well, if you build a significant adipose layer around your vital organs, maybe that will slow the radiation enough for you to fight off the wolf bats that inevitably crawl out of the crevasse. To kill yeah, us. Each Tudor's biscuit you take down adds a month to your life in such a nuclear scenario. Yeah, yeah, in, a, in an apocalypse. In that Absolutely. specific scenario. Which, if you're living in West Virginia, thinking about the apocalypse, not a really bad idea. It's other the best thing, state, first of all. Other thing I did in West Virginia was walk by a safety day, which was basically an ambulance and a fire truck set up teaching people CPR and fire safety and gun safety and things like that. But this, it was located in the parking lot of a funeral home. (laughs) So just in case safety day didn't work out. Just in case, just in case you weren't getting the message kids. Or if it wasn't the most sinister form of marketing where everything was in fact a deeply unsafe practice. Yeah. yeah. That they taught to prospective future clients. Maybe it was a way of saying like, look, this is what safety is. And you know, Take it for what it's worth. But in the end, we all end up in this funeral home. So go ahead and put whatever you want in that jet ski. Bottle rockets, have fun. Yeah, man. West Virginia's deep. You can come away with all kind of life lessons like that. Yeah. For instance, at the Tudors, uh, Jeremy Markovich of Charlotte Magazine tweeted me a photo that at the festive and hearty site of a Tudors biscuit world, one of the things they had hanging on the wall was a letter from the Sauter family. 
which I don't know if you're familiar, Unsolved Mysteries fans, with the Sodder <laughs> family. It was one of the most terrifying episodes and one of the scariest things you'll ever read about. Like in the 30s, this family that had like 12 kids, their house was caught on fire. They didn't find the bodies of like six of the kids. And the theory was that there was a kidnapping ring in this town in West Virginia and everyone was in on it and they stole half of the Sodder's kids. This is what you read about when you're eating your gigantic hash brown stuffed biscuit. You know, that sounds like to me, organized, organized stealing of children, taxation. You know what else it sounds like? Recruiting. All right, this is a football podcast. <laughs> yeah. How, how far did we make it? How far did we make it this time? Seamless. I know. Just just took it right back around there. We're we are eight minutes in and we have already touched on the Sodder family and on somebody having a waste management facility right. living in their stomach. We I got should, to football in eight minutes. That's a little bit hurried to yeah, me. I didn't even introduce myself. I'm Spencer Hall. I'm yeah, uh kill, kill some more time. Kill some my more time. My name is Hall. H to the A L L. No, that's you. I'm sorry. I'm just going to let that fry there for that's a That's identity theft, right? <laughs> yeah. I learned that in West Virginia, too. That's <laughs> and that's why they call me Joe Manchin. <laughs> that's another thing. I love that West Virginia's like prime political figure. His name, while not spelled the way you think it should be, his name is Joe Manchin. Man, oh, so you're, you're agreeing to the fiction that Bob Bird is dead. Yeah, I'm gonna bo- go ahead and buy okay. into that. Okay, fool. fool. It's probably a lot more convenient for all of us if he is. <laughs> Welcome to Tudors. Can I help you? Are you Bob Burt? Nope. Shh. Don't know anyone by that name, young man. Shh. I'm a month away from getting this declared a N- NASA facility. Shut up. <laughs> I feel like Bob Burt's middle name is problematic. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the other Tudors that I ate at, there was a picture of him. And his bluegrass album he recorded on the wall. Remember, West Virginia is the state where the senator has recorded not one but multiple bluegrass albums, like the legendary senator. And they mount them on the wall of their gigantic biscuit palace. It's a good state. God, it's a great place to go watch a football game. Just phenomenal. They even have evil fog. It's the only place I've been where an evil fog rolled down off the hill (laughs) and into the stadium. Like an Evil Dead movie? Yeah, like a Stephen oh. King. It was like a Stephen King story. That's awesome. The Fog. It was a place that kind of scared LSU fans a little bit. And the when fog, I- the fog rolls in and it's like, "Hey, man, I can't drive. You got to take me home." <laughs> Y'all, put the fog in the back of the truck. <laughs> I can't even do a West Virginia accent because. No. It's like this prehistoric, like, it's this prehistoric yokel accent that you only hear in 1930s movies. The friend who uh, was was getting married um, is a West Virginia native who does not really have the accent, but occasionally she will say super West Virginia things. The best of which is uh, when she needs to go to the hairdresser, she will say, my hair needs cut. <laughs> My hair needs cut. <laughs> which is which is such a like, oh God, the hills are alive with people. The hills have eyes, they're they're looking at me. It's almost like an oaky accent or the camp cook's accent in any western, right? Like yeah. somebody wake up cookie, the engines are coming. <laughs> you know? And it's Cookie's fr- like Tarnation! Frontier gibberish. Frontier gibberish. Like it's it's very close to that. God, this podcast is so off the fucking rails. Wait, I should I should not have opened a bottle of wine. I'm sorry. So Charlie's drunk this week. Um, we have no actual news. Nothing happened, and I don't think any of us want to talk about satellite camps because that's the most boring issue. Fuck no. Yeah, I mean I don't care. You, you re- recruit however you want. We're I think all three of us are all in favor of just paying people to, to like just paying recruits, right? Like we should just. Come to our camp. We'll give you we'll give you a grand. This is this is dangerously close to talking about satellite camps. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. We say you <laughs> just do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. If you're like, I want to have my own satellite camps with hookers and blackjack, you just You do that. You do that. You and if you want to set up a satellite camp on George's campus, you do it. <laughs> that would be great. That's just that's just just call it career day. Because what's Mark Greg gonna do? Is he really gonna kick you out? I would love it, Paul nice Johnson. Man? 
I would love if Paul Johnson showed up to Athens, set up a camp, and called it career day. <laughs> God, that'd be fantastic. Career day, and, he was handing, and he was handing out money, like fistfuls of money. <laughs> like, not like clean money and stacks. No, just like a wadded just, up fist. He's just like I'm, I'm gonna write your hand. I'm going to write you a personal check. Yeah. I think he's just going around to the defensive lineman like, y'all want to keep your knees or not? <laughs> you should come play for us. Want to have kids? You want to be able to hold those kids? I mean, if you don't care, if you don't care about your knees, I mean, I don't care. But you, I, I certainly Lord knows, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Do you want to? You want to know how little I care? I can tell you all day. Here's how absolutely little I care. And he pulls out the power drill and starts going to town. Yeah, <laughs> what it's, are you a, doing, it's a dark. It's a dark career day. Let's it's be kind honest. It's going to happen in three years day. anyway. Let's get it over with it's now. We're all dust. The. The thing that we can discuss, though, is Charlie Strong having a picture taken with, in his office, wearing a pair of, I think those were Burks. Were they Birkenstocks? Oh, you're going to make me look. No, I mean, you don't have to look, but I... I don't, I don't know. If they ain't cowboy boots, I can't even detect That's, them with my eyes. I can't, I can't even comment. That's how Texan my eyes are. It's, I'm like the T-Rex. My visual acuity is based on Texasness. Yeah, exactly. I put guns in pictures that don't even have guns in them. Just so I can see things. Just so I can see things. I, I outline photos of my wife with guns so I can see her. <laughs> there she is. She's there, invisible. Oh, there, there she is. She's invisible to me unless I cover her with pistols. Well, he's, he's definitely wearing shorts and sandals, so our colleagues at Vox not going to like this well, one Well, he'd bit. fit in in like 1995 Atlanta really well. He would. He's like ready to go to a panic show. Absolutely. But there is an interesting detail, which is that he is relaxing and in his office looking like he's ready to go to a widespread panic show. And the head coach of Texas has uh, what on the floor, Jason Kirk? Uh, there's a little pair of baby tigers <laughs> tussling. Yeah, which we found out the story because naturally you would just assume, oh, well, you know, those are Charlie's Tigers. Uh, such is not the case. Ryan, the story? Uh, they're, they're being fostered by a Texas booster, uh, and they will be eventually sent to the Portland Zoo. The, the, the Tigers, by the way, are named Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Hmm. So I have questions, which is, um, is there a school where a booster would be less likely or more likely to have uh, pet tigers. Any school. Um, Other than hmm. a booster at the University of Texas. Of course I got tigers. I mean, does Montana have boosters? Probably have like a half a booster. Okay, well, I guarantee if they have a booster, that booster has tigers. Maybe those tigers aren't on the books, and he's certainly not going to let you get a picture of them. Now, do do you have to register tigers? I assume so. I can't imagine you do in the state of Texas. Well, Actually, what if you... I've I've looked into this. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Spencer's surrounded by pit bulls, Ryan. It ain't funny. <laughs> pit bull tigers ain't got shit on a pit bull. Uh, I am though. It's seriously, I'm surrounded by pit bulls at all times because I live in Kirkwood the official home of every pit bull in the known universe. And the um, I looked into this because, you know, you just get curious. You're like, oh, do, do I have to register a tiger? You'd be shocked at how little paperwork is actually involved in owning a tiger. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you want an exotic cat, um, a big cat, it's actually terrifyingly light on what you would consider a regulation or pet or like, paperwork it's the, not even like a zoning thing yeah it's got to be like a city code kind of thing there are a number of different um a number of different overlapping things now i looked this up prior to us getting on the air because i wanted you to guess the states that had um there are plenty of states that have banned exotic pets for instance the state of georgia where i am currently sitting and where jason is and new york everywhere we are sitting right now uh has banned the ownership of large exotic pets Damn. these these are the states that, that have and i quote no license or permit required for the ownership of a tiger <laughs> 
Are you ready? I'm not going to okay. list them all. I'm just going to list the cool ones, all right? Texas is not one of them. Show me New Hampshire. South Carolina. Okay. North Carolina. Okay. West Virginia. Yep. It's all yep. come full circle. <laughs> there were there were no tigers at safety day. So anyway, let's get back to talking about those biscuits. Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. Oh, that's a cold okay. tiger. All right. Nevada. I mean, that's just realistic. Yeah. Yeah, remember. You're no going to need a tiger. No yeah. illegal drugs, but prostitutes and tigers. <laughs> no problem. And Idaho. Idaho, you can pretty much bring whatever. Uh, you could have Jurassic Park. Like, you can do whatever you want in the state of Idaho when it comes to exotic animals. Wisconsin is the weird outlier there, yeah. right? You're going to have fat tigers. I think that maybe was an attempt to grandfather in Brett Bielema as a state resident. Also, it's entirely possible people who live in Wisconsin think tigers are a mythical creature. They're just like, well, yeah, we don't have a law against unicorns either, dummy. Pass me the brandy. (laughs) God, that'd be like a teetotaler. Never seen one of those. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, in Texas, you have to have a permit or a license, as you do in the state of Oklahoma. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed one state. If I said buck ass proud, like ninety nine percent, one hundred ninety proof ignorance. What what state pops to mind? Hint. Roll Tide. (laughs) (laughs) Roll Tide. Because remember, Mississippi and Georgia might be dumb, but Alabama will be proud of it. And Alabama is another state that has absolutely no license or permit required. Hey. If the black cat firework is totally legal here, then a black cat called a panther, that's got to be legal, too. That's the logic we're working on here. Noah, Noah didn't need no permit, and he was drunk. Case dismissed. And naked, but don't bring it up with him, because that's hateful. <laughs> we all been there. Don't point and laugh, sons. Don't point and laugh. The, uh, but, yeah, this, was, uh, this is another example of a coach being... Uh, being, I think, kind of, this is Charlie's brand of fun dad, scary fun dad, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is dad who wants you to know that he's tough, but he doesn't, he can't appreciate fun things. This is this is the version of fun dad who lets you do a dangerous thing too early in life. Who's like, yeah, you're six, you're old enough to drive the boat. I'm gonna just take a nap. <laughs> and then you, then you learn never to drive the boat. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I know he's eight, but you got to learn to use a chainsaw eventually. It's like, I mean, I'm trying to picture like some other coach who'd be down there with like the little cat toy dangling it over the tigers and all that. Like, like, uh, I mean, Al Golden kind of needs to do that. He he needs he needs all the help he can get right now. But you know, like an actual fun coach, whereas Charlie's just kind of look at me. I'm expressing dominion over these tigers who are in my office well like the actual fun coach in this in this state would be cliff kingsbury and he would be down there like tussling with oh, the tigers he'd be cuddling with those tigers yeah it would be, like in like a fun mike way leach. mike leach might be the one sure. who'd be like you know really down there interacting with the tigers like speaking tiger and all that yeah he might be dictating special tiger commands to them right? teaching the tigers about the boxer rebellion <laughs> you already know this of course You might have heard, but at one point in China, tigers served an important legislative function. See, back in Tianjin. Tigers about, like, tiger (laughs) evolution. Yeah. These tigers are a little dim. They couldn't fill in some of the holes in my my chart. Man, man, I hope Mike Leach has seen Stargate. I could see Cliff using them as a prop, too, right? Sure. Like in his... Tip drill style recruiting video, which I imagine exists and you know will someday see the light of day, right? Where it's just him basically doing the tip drill video, but it's Cliff Kingsbury. Right. And so in this case, the Tigers are wearing like Tampa Bay Bucks more and Sap jerseys. <laughs> yeah, something. Ray Buchanan. They've got a Falcons Ray Buchanan jersey on. Now to be clear, uh we're talking about are we talking about Cliff sliding the card or Cliff's butt crack? Yes. Um, yes. like the, the latter would be just as effective considering how handsome he is. Through the magic of cinema, it's both. Yeah, it's both. that's that's what today's recruits want. CGI is just CGI is just crazy, right? Yeah, now. Andy Circus is actually the butt crack, but, but you can't it's, tell. It's, it's his most moving role yet. 
<laughs> the the masked rider. Yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> that and that and I really enjoy this because I know it's Texas and they're super competitive about these things. And even though they don't play each other anymore, um, it would be great to see A and M's response to this because all they have is a collie. They don't have two tigers. They're obviously going to have to try to compete, and historically, competing with, with Texas has meant Texas A&M trying and then coming significantly short in some weird way. So Kevin, someone's stealing a panda, is what you're telling me. Um, I wasn't gonna go out of the big cat species, right? I was gonna okay. stay. I was gonna stay in that, that that kind of general neighborhood. Like, so they get like twelve pumas. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh-huh. They overorder pumas, right? <laughs> Or they get, like, one They're... lion and diet a bunch of crazy Adidas Zubaz. And the real big Tigger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they'll get him, or they'll get, you know, they'll, like, accidentally get 20 lemurs, right? And they're like, lemur's a cat. <laughs> uh... And then it'll be, like, a, a hundred-year-old Aggie tradition, the lemur. The lemur salute. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> if the lemur sprays his musk glands on the professor, class is dismissed. Finals are canceled. Finals You're... are canceled. Your diploma is useless. The collie's in charge of the school, but the lemur's in charge of the athletic department. That's how it's always been here at Texas A&M. That's right. And Listen, the, man, the meerkat's the bursar. He says you owe, you owe. And the one-eyed jaguar we bought out of a Mexican zoo, <laughs> he runs the core now. That's true. That one is true. Yeah, no, that's actually It's happened. always been true. It's an Aggie tradition. <laughs> it that's is. Le- that's we made Leon. it one. We made that's, it one, dang it. That's Leon, and he's good people. Kevin Sumlin just quietly at the end of the day laying his head in his pillow and going, Oh, God. Where am I? Oh, God. I just want <laughs> to get What did the... I get into? <laughs> Can I just get the Chargers job for fuck's sake? I just want the fucking Chargers job. I never should have left Purdue. I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> Like As soon as he whispers that, there's a face in his window like, Wanting the Chargers job is <laughs> the 785th Aggie tradition. <laughs> Billy Lucci, get out from under here. Oh God! A and M was A and M. The addition of A and M to the SEC really couldn't have happened soon enough. Perfect. They're home. They're home. They are so. Well, you know what? No, I feel like it's now home. Like the SEC already felt. Now it's it, this is an ancestral manor. It's yeah. not just a house. The SEC is home now. The SEC, <laughs> not A and M. Exactly. A and M. A and M's always been there. This weird been... kind of. <laughs> A&M's like, you know, redneck Stonehenge. It's just, <laughs> we've been orbiting it and worshipping it not even knowing it, right? <laughs> what, it, what does it mean? What does it mean? They built all of these weird structures out in the middle of nowhere. This water <laughs> tower. This gigantic 180,000 person stadium. People swaying in unison to a military band worshipping a dog. Riptorn is here naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> Rip Torn was there. Yeah, like, everyone saw the picture of Charlie with the Tigers, and was like, well, that's weird. Why is that happening? But then if you step back and compare it to A&M, it's like, <laughs> what's that even rate on the why is that happening scale? Like, if you saw Kevin Sumlin with Tigers, it'd be like, sure. Be like, oh, he, two of them must be at the vet. People wear weird overalls <laughs> covered with, like, nonsensical words covered all over them. And that's the 32nd least weird thing. Like, that's the 32nd weirdest thing I would on the like, list. I would like someone to send us the weirdest Texas, Texas A&M tattoo out there. Because oh I know it's there. Uh, Spencer at SBNation.com. Go ahead. Email me the weirdest Texas A&M tattoo. I can't even imagine. I would like to see it. It's probably something on Rick Perry's ass. That's why he's governor. <laughs> Like, got a butt tattoo. Hope you're okay with a little NSFW imagery. One thing I like about specifically the Tigers is that A&M's official new replacement arch rival is LSU, which has an actual adult Tiger that sometimes comes on the field. Um, so there's like, is, is Texas trying to one-up one up the replacement here? We don't have one Tiger. We have two Tigers. I never thought about it that way. Here's another fun thing. Um LSU lost their defensive coordinator to A&M. Like, in case this wasn't actually a rivalry, like, ah, in case we were feeling kind of tepid about it. Nope, nope. 
just stole their defensive coordinator this offseason. And then he sued both schools. <laughs> well, all right. He had to sue A&M as, as, as a formality in order to sue LSU. Again, that's an A&M tradition. It's an A&M tradition <laughs> to sue yourself. Because really, that's, that's why Sherman didn't ever work out. That guy wouldn't sue shit. We're all defendants in the Lord's eyes. That's why you always have to add yourself to the docket. Jesus. Can you imagine the, the weird stuff you'd have to say upon, like, filing that lawsuit? Uh, like, yeah. all, the, all the gibble-dibble, hey! <laughs> recite in court. In, in, in Aggie court. <laughs> Please rise <laughs> for the honorable hullabaloo, hullabaloo. Oh, can I, can I... I would watch Aggie court all day. Dude, Aggie court. <laughs> the judge is a walrus. Dear SEC Network, Aggie court. 22 minutes. <laughs> Let it happen. Let Revelé run a courtroom. We would watch that all day long. The other thing that happened this week, um, if you didn't know, uh, it's a little bit of football arcana, but UAB had a football program. If you didn't know that, Believe now it you know it. And, and then they lost that football program because the Board of Trustees just decided that UAB shouldn't exist as, as a football program. And everyone hated this, and now it's back. And the fun thing for us has been has been what, Jason? Uh, well, sort of the subtext here that is kind of hard to one hundred percent document, but based on so many angles and quotes and all this, uh, is that there are multiple established Alabama fans on this board of trustees, including Bear Bryant's son. So the whole thing has this air of, well, we're just trying to either, you know, uh, make sure 100% of the tension's on the tide, make sure none of Alabama's money's going to this little school, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when the evidence is laid out and it's like Alabama papers doing the reporting and, and, you know, in addition to national sites and all this, but the reports and all this come out and, Everyone agrees this looks bad, except for Alabama fans who say, oh, there's nothing to see here. This is just Auburn fans getting worked up, pretending to be UAB fans. Nothing to see here. Tide's, tide's totally innocent. They, they didn't make money anyway. Should have been killed. So the, the fun part is, you know, the, the Bama fan jumping up and disagreeing with every single other fan base in the country that the Tide are totally innocent and they're being spotlighted for no good reason. I mean, what's Paul... What does Paul Bear Bryant Jr. have to do with Alabama football? Yeah, there's there's no connection there. No, he's just an he's just an independently wealthy businessman. That's with no with very little. I mean, sure his his daddy might have worked for the university at one. He's time. not even a real bear. I mean, come on, how seriously are we going to take this threat, huh? Huh? Just 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 people wanting to hate on the tide. Which is my favorite thing because this is a prime example of a, a, a fan derangement, right? One that you would have to stretch to make fun of Alabama. You don't. It's not even a, a, a strain. It's not even anything close to a stretch or effort. Oh, this is a body weight exercise. <laughs> Dude, it's not even a body weight. This isn't even <laughs> this a pull-up. Like, this is Assisted like, body weight. This is like cracking your neck when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is lying there and, you know, farting. That's really what making fun of Alabama is. It's easy, and uh, it, should you need ammunition, it's a first-person shooter on easy level. Okay, it's just all over the place. Go ahead, pick, pick some up. Two, um, it, it does get my favorite thing, which is the perpetual innocence of the program, which the most fringe fans will believe. There are only a few certain fan bases that will actually admit that their football team or program um, has not only done bad things, but might just have a sort of overall negative trajectory in terms of how uh, they've behaved overall. For instance, I like to think most Miami fans, in their in their most honest moments, are like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was pretty awesome." Yeah, and and I think the Miami fan approach is, "Oh, we did it, but you got to prove it." I and think- and the NCAA was was too hard on us because sure. we were just balling hard. Sure, which is true. Jealous ones still envy. Haters. Just envious of everything that you had. <clears throat> Which at the time they were hit, like, you know, they were losing to Georgia Tech in Atlanta. So, yeah. Definitely envious of that. Balloon! <laughs> they, like, <laughs> Ryan and I are both Florida fans who I think uh, are 
I mean, not roundly disliked, but possibly disliked by a lot of Florida fans because uh, you and I are both of the opinion that we've been in the tank badly for like five years. Yeah, and we're probably still we're probably still doing cheating, shady shit. Yeah, that's when you do all your, your like worst cheating. Your like least skillful cheating is when your program is at the bottom. Oh yeah, I mean, Butch Davis knows. Yeah, that's <laughs> got North Carolina up to that hallowed eight win mark, and oh, burns, don't it? Oh man, I hear those Florida fans going at it. <laughs> they heard y'all. They heard us. They say like, oh, god damn it, they're talking shit about the Gators again. This Jim McElwain's gonna bring us back. Will Muschamp won eleven games. Will Muschamp won eleven games. How many Sugar Bowls you been to, numb nuts? Huh? Did you play? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you don't love the Gators. You don't love them if you don't root for it. Ryan Andy did not watch. Uh, I didn't watch. I think I watched two games this last season. Yeah, it he, was glorious. And, and were, one of them was rained out. That's true. It yeah. was good. That was my favorite. That was that was the best game we played all year last year. I'm going to make a hype video just of that game. To, <laughs> I like the 2014 season. Click, the statistics click, boom. That game <laughs> it was one uh, really good kick return. So, like, <clears throat> Florida special teams rating for that game is through the roof. I'm just going to show that on all kinds of angles with a lot of heavy dubstep over it. Wow, 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 Maybe we should do the story, the oral history of that game. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be one of the better oral histories ever published if we did it. Because it'd be, like, a page long. And you wouldn't have to go be like, who is that guy? You know, when you're reading an oral history and you see a name, and you're like, oh, I got to go back like three screens. Yeah, no, because everybody only says one thing. I forgot. I? I forgot who. They're, so Myrtle, their full title is by all of their quotes. Yeah, I forgot who Myrtleman was. Can I circle way back to UAB again? Yeah. So here's my thing. Here's my one area of defense that this wasn't a grand conspiracy. Most government conspiracies have a monetary angle for somebody in it. And if I if if there had been a member of the board of trustees who had had like a cousin with a demo business and that demo business had gotten a no bid contract to tear down the football facilities that would have made me more convinced. You you really think you'd need a contract to tear down Legion Field? Dude, you need, you need a strong wind and a wrench. Uh I don't think you know how possessed demons work, sir. <laughs> Oh, well, that kind of contract. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> you need like an assassin contract. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, Florida did win a bowl game. <laughs> Ghost be praised. We beat East Carolina by one score. Florida Ooh. won a bowl game while shitting itself. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, it was literally the curse. <laughs> the curse of the poopy pants. That's what won us that bowl game. East Carolina's a fine team. They're a really good team. Say that over and over again. Cancel Quattle has a business meeting <laughs> in Birmingham. In Birmingham. Because he's he... buying hospital equipment. <laughs> Marriott points work kind of weird. He's going to Saw's Juke Joint. <laughs> they have fried peanut butter sandwiches. He left to rent a car because Birmingham's confusing. Because everything in Birmingham takes forever to get to. His U.S. Airways flight got canceled. There's not an airport Atlanta took it. Suck at Birmingham. <laughs> we get, we got that airport. <laughs> oh, shit. Our Birmingham numbers are going to dive now. Oh, oh. That's okay. They, they, no, they can they can handle this. Of all the things you could say about Birmingham, this is, a, <laughs> this is among the mildest. <laughs> I, think, I think the one true thing about Birmingham, no matter who's saying it or when, is they've been through worse. <laughs> they've done worse. <laughs> Birmingham is fine. I've had a fine time in Birmingham. I have, I have we, too. I also we know kid that... because we love Birmingham. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> let's not go that far. Birmingham is fine. I'm always like, so what about that nickname, Bombingham? How did it get that nickname? Because that was a nickname, y'all. Hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. Yeah. So we're... Probably, we're I, I, I probably would have changed that one. Have yeah. You been, have you seen Vulcan yet? Yeah. Have you, seen, have you seen Vulcan? The giant... Have you seen <laughs> Have you seen the giant hole where we used to have furnaces where bands play now? Now you can leave. You've seen everything. 
Uh, Ask no questions. Just leave. Uh, that and I think we can get to uh, now that we're, we're like, hey, welcome back, UAB. Everything's going to suck and you won't have a full team until 2016. Because you missed a recruiting cycle and you fired, you let go a really good coach who was actually turning that entire program around. Well, here's the most Alabama. And he's coming part. back, by the way. He's sticking yeah. around because of his state pension. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell hey, yeah. I ain't, I ain't No, no, no. Player. Get it. You make him. You make him buy your ass out. Roll damn vesting. That's what I say. Yeah, I like that. Bill Clark's like, no man, I got some money in this. I gotta, I gotta get a timeshare down in Gulf Shores. Let's make this work. The, which by the way, like a lot of coaching decisions, when people are like, oh man, well he wanted this or he didn't want this, and. So many of them come down to the most boring, basic, personal, and or financial needs. So many of them. It's yeah, like just his, mu- his, his wife wanted to move somewhere hotter. Yeah, his or yeah, like reasons. Like his wife wanted to move someplace hotter. His wife didn't like the way the locals made fun of her hair. Um, oh, you don't have a Joseph A. Bank here. I don't. I don't think uh, this is gonna work. I'm kidding. God. Everywhere has Joseph A. Bank. I was gonna say. Can you imagine being a football coach at a Joseph A. Bank nearby? <laughs> I'd look up. I'd look at Morgantown. You look that up right now. God damn it! I bet I'm, Morgantown. I'm looking. You keep talking. I I'm bet Morgantown look. does not have a Joseph. Are you a. Are you betting that there are none in West Virginia at all, or just Let's Morgantown? Let's find proximity. What's the nearest? <laughs> hey, there is one. Damn it! Shit. <laughs> yep. It okay. Appears, fine. It looks like Screw it's near y'all. a mall. I bet there's one. I bet there's definitely not one in Manhattan, Kansas, and that's why Bill Snyder wears all those windbreakers. Oh, I bet I bet there is one. In Manhattan? No way. Not a damn we way. We gonna find out. Unless it's a kiosk there's, in the back of there's a There's one in Manhattan, company. New York. Is that the same thing? I think might, so. Might as well there, be. All right. There's oh looks there's like one, looks there's one in Lawrence. Lawrence. Oh, that oh, hurts. Yeah, Lawrence ain't Manhattan. No. Told you. Shit. That's why Bill that's why Bill's got all those windbreakers. Like, Shit. I you guess. gotta drive you gotta drive seventy three miles. To Lawrence to get oh damn, and that's just the factory store. Yeah, see, that's just the hand me downs. It's amazing what Bill Snyder's done without the basic rudiments of the coaching profession, <laughs> including the official coaching store, Joseph A. Banks. I uh, hope Joseph A. Bank has tried to come in, and he's like, "Ugh, never. You get out of here. This is a good town." Do you carry tuxedos in a cow size? No, no, sir. <laughs> Get the hell out of this town, and you never come back. What? What you for then? Yeah, you take your cow out of the store, sir. Um. <laughs> so uh, I think we that's can some to, Aggie shit. Some, <laughs> they got they got tigers now. Actually, it's twenty four enchanted lemurs. It's a tradition. The uh, reader questions this week. We have some good ones, by the way. They're always good. Yeah, they're all they're always good. But we have we have some particularly good ones tonight. Um. Passable ones, which uh, I think we're going to start, Ryan. Mind okay. starting with yours? Uh, this question comes from Leadfoot92 on Twitter. His question, my father is bragging to me about going to the tailgate for the 2015 Notre Dame Temple game. <laughs> and the question, is he the saddest man? Yes. So, so the answer is yes, but I, I want to twist this a little bit. We talk a lot about about sad games to watch, and I think Spencer and I had already decided that Wake Forest Virginia Tech last year was the saddest game to watch from a television perspective. But I bet if you were there, it was kind of fun in a weird, shitty way. Oh like, yeah, like like not leaving. This is so <clears throat> stupid. I'm gonna ride it out. <laughs> yeah, like it, like watching a, a Dairy Queen burn to the ground. Just be like. All right, this is sad, but it's also kind of cool. I thought the cool treats would put out the fire. (laughs) So my question to you two is, what is the saddest game that you can that you can actually go to in 2015? Not watch. That's the distinction I'm drawing here. Looking at the schedule, and I mean, obviously, accepting like you know, beating up some FCS team or whatever. I think between two uh, comparable programs. Boy, the eye just catches Syracuse USF. Syracuse at USF on October 10th. Oh, man. Which I'm not the, the, the Tampa weather expert here, 
but that sounds like i I can tell you what that's gonna be like by the way it's like chilly humidity i'm guessing no it's this it's this it's the exact temperature of food poisoning yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you had like the cool side, it's, it's the McDLT, right? You have the cool side and the hot side. Well, what if you just shove them both in the same? It's like a hamburger that's been left in the car too long. It's mm-hmm. a little warm, and the things that are cold are a little too warm. The things that should be hot are a little too cold. It's like, like a, it's like a bathroom where someone just used the shower 15 minutes before you got in it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like when you, when you leave your attic fan on and the windows open in the rain. Right, right. You're like, I think I'm just breathing mold at this point. Exactly. It's the exact sensation of a universal seasickness. That's. So I feel like a month earlier, and it's like, hey, I'm in Florida, and it's nice and warm. A month later, and it's like, well, it's warmer here than anywhere else. But October in Tampa, that doesn't sound like Tampa's best best case scenario. Let me tell you what. I, I spent a lot of childhood Halloweens in Tampa, and there are a lot of kids who just go as soccer players because that's the only comfortable thing you can wear is umbros in your soccer jersey. Shout outs to you, Windy City Pizza. Yeah, that's um, it, it's a bad place, and watching this game will be an absolute disaster. I'll throw my weight behind that because I'm not entirely sure that there's anything sadder than that game. But I'll 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 think on it as this podcast unravels. I my question for this week is from Tim Hodgson, which is, what Power 5 coach is most likely to get fired after posting a winning record this season? And my only, <sighs> my only answer for this was, was actually related to my what question are we talking about in terms of what game are we talking about being, you know, awful? Uh, El Asico, right? And... I could totally see Kirk Ferentz getting fired with a winning record, even with his buyout because it's less massive than it used to be. And they can yeah, probably, it's, they can probably, it's, it's coming down. It's dwindling. It's dwindling. I don't know who they'd hire, but I. Bert. Bert. <laughs> he does have the dark mark. Has a has a Hawkeye tattoo. The other one that could be fired with a winning record, uh, Al Golden. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Kyle Flood in here just because I think that's 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 one of those that would throw us all for a curveball. Be like, I don't understand. He took him to a bowl game. Be like, well, we're Rutgers and we don't do what you think we're gonna do. Well, there's a number of schools that you can just kind of accept being crazy and firing people, right? Like if Cliff Kingsbury won nine games this year and they fired him, I'd go, well, yeah, that'll happen at Texas Tech. Sure. They'll yeah, do like, that. like Dave Doran goes eight and four, improves the program. I think three years in a row or whatever, and NC State fires him. That's that's NC State. Yeah. Like if I if I told you Rutgers filed Kyle, fired Kyle Flood, and then threw a bunch of money at Norm Chow, you'd believe that's possible. I think I think you lost me uh, okay. right toward the end there. Yeah, yeah, right. right, right where you were. Like... Fired fired Kyle Flood mm-hmm. and threw, threw a bunch of money at Greg Schiano. Skip Holtz. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'll, oh. I'll, buy that. I'll buy that. So plausible. <laughs> Look what he did at Louisiana Tech. <laughs> yeah. You know, we discussed this, uh, I believe, two weeks ago, in terms of people who could get fired. You know, if you fired, you know, if you, I could see Vanderbilt firing Derek Mason, et cetera. You know, I could see Scott Schaefer getting fired because you're like, what's he done? <laughs> like, at all? You're so mean. I know. Syracuse going to be twice as mean to them uh but like there are some schools that just don't behave in terms of any sort of known calculus at all and texas tech rutgers those are places that you know they're they've had just enough success to be cocky and just enough adversity to be extremely impatient yeah jason your question uh this one heads our way via boy i don't know how to pronounce this looks like J. Dininger on Twitter. So just type that in. Give 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 this person a follow. Uh, is global warming a Big Ten plot just to compete with the SEC and Knowles? Uh, I'm going to say yeah. It looks like it is. If if the Southeast becomes uh, in and uninhabitable and families start to move up north, well then those recruiting grounds just get better and better for Big Ten schools who are who now have the tropical climates while the, the South is either underwater or in flames or arid um and schools like you know schools with big money like bama 
and and Florida State are, are flooding their campuses just to keep enough grass to feed the recruits. Um, and I think if you go back, you know, what, what what's the main reason that the North beat the South when the two actually engaged in non-football combat? Well, the North had greater production. They had factories. I don't know if they had factories at the exact time, but bear with me here. They, they had the auto industry and all that. And what caused global warming? Well, it's cars true. and factories. Based where? So, Detroit, based Detroit. Detroit, Cleveland, thereabout. So this has been a long, long simmering, a, a patient Yankee plot to bring down the SEC and the Knowles. <laughs> do you, know, and, do you uh, know what I like about this plot? It, it, it Here's how I picture it going. Like somebody walks into Jim Delaney's office in six, ten years, whatever. It's like, yep, we did it. Florida's underwater. He says, ha ha. We finally beat those bastards at their own game. Then he's like, wait, where are all the good recruits again? Shit. Well, we still have New Jersey. (laughs) Shit. We got to recruit only from Indiana now? Fuck. Dang it. (laughs) Yeah, whereas uh, you do this in, like, Arkansas has built a dome over a state just for football. And and Jimbo's teaching a merman how to be a quarterback? Absolutely. Jimbo gets merman paid. (laughs) <laughs> hey, listen. He'll hey he might not, he'll get him paid once, okay? That's the deal. He'll get that merman paid once. He'll go take it to the mer bank. I tell you what, when he just fl- swam after that, and when he's just flipping swim, around buddy. in the pocket, making all the reads, seeing where the fish are going, seeing where the orcas are going, making all the right decisions underwater. Um, I, I would agree. I think this is totally a, a plot by the Big Ten to do this, which will backfire when they forget about the power of mutation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you know, and that's again, it's just like the it's just like every other issue. The SEC will go ahead, will flood the roster with mutants, right? Unnaturally strong, aggressive, and violent, you know, quasi humans, and the Big Ten will get all up in arms about it and want to start counting chromosomes. Oh yeah, now the Big Ten doesn't like science. Yeah. Also, and, where the fuck is the... about all them academics? Where the fuck is the Big Ten going to go on vacation after this? Oh, Michigan's got beaches. Do you think they'll anyone will think in advance to move the bowls? Like the all the bowl games will still be in like shitty southern cities. That's why they have the the pizza bowl up there in Detroit. It's a test. It's a safe haven. It's test space. It'll be yeah. That'll be like uh, the potato the, bowl the ten, becomes the, the road runner bowl. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, welcome to the one hundred and eighth annual Rose Bowl. In Idaho. The younger granddaddy of them all. <laughs> Saskatoon, home of the Sunshine Bowl. There we go. That'll do it. <laughs> Yay. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.